Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Flow Space podcast. I am Ashley and we're filming today at To Be Frank, which is an awesome space at the end of Kennedy Town. Uh, great drinks, great food, just great atmosphere. So check them out when you guys have the time. My guest today is the AFC middleweight champion, Sasha Palatnikov. And we sort of talk about everything that came into effect to get him to where he is today. All his athleticism until today. <laughs> just, yeah, just put in the road work. And, do, and the thing is, the cool thing, especially with boxing, it's like there's no special science to it. Like it's pretty old school in terms of what you got to do to improve in it. Yeah. You just got to spar, you got to be working yeah. and drilling. And like when I was out in Ukraine, I mean, those, I was working with some of the best ever in the you sport living in ukraine i was just training out there so i had an opportunity cool. i had an opportunity just basically to go out there and learn um i wasn't out there for a camp or anything but i was like working with the well former ukrainian national team head coach Whoa. and he was the guy that he we got the 2011 i think it was yeah 2011 coach of the year after just before because that's 2011 and in 2012 usik and uh lomachenko won gold Whoa. at london olympics and right. he was their coach so he's like he's legit he's super legit he's probably the best coach i've ever you met drop those couple names in boxing and you're yeah and you already legit. know like the guy's super legit and so i was working with him in his gym and uh he had a couple young guys that were like on the ukraine national team um so he was like training with them every or training them every day so i just kind of was jumping in and like getting in on the sessions with them every morning and nice. like so i mean we how long were you there for uh just just under a month Did like you speak ukrainian not really i understand like russian and ukrainian a little right. bit but my speaking isn't very good right yeah but um yeah and then you know i was just out there training and then i was also at the ukrainian uh wrestling center like where their, their wrestlers are cool. so i was like training with the kids training with the teens training with the adults so it was like it was good i was learning just a lot of different stuff that i hadn't learned before it's a different style of wrestling different yeah. style of grappling and they were like it's a different sort of like feel of person over there I oh it's, it's just different <laughs> they're they're, yeah. they're phenomenal at what they do um they're full time they're full like they're six days a week they're working yeah. and there's guys that are like in their 50s 60s that were olympians themselves who are teachers there you know cool. so wow the, like the quality of training is yeah, so i high. mean they've already been at the highest level and yeah. it's like and you go there and they they don't have like fancy equipment they don't really have like out of control ridiculous like technology you know they just have the same stuff they probably had back in the 90s and it's still working for them you what's know what's their so. attitude towards like people like yourself that sort of just fly in and oh no they were super super nice but the thing is my dad's like kind of a big name not big name but he's a legend amongst that generation because he was a national champion in his sport what was his he sport? was a diver high diver ah, right, right. yeah so he was a world champion oh he was a former world champion in high diving and then he was a national champion of ussr he was one of the best divers for years in the wow. country yeah um but at that time they weren't allowing their athletes to, to compete so that's why he left and became an american citizen that's how i became american citizen because of my see. dad immigrating um but yeah no uh they were super cool they were super nice uh they they wanted to teach they were yeah so they took me very I'm, i was one of their own they're like you yeah. got to come back here you got to train more here like they wanted me to just you know be be there so it was cool and um you know i hope i, I hope i get the opportunity to go back again yeah, man, that sounds awesome. but oh it's just a cool place like it's super cheap 
like it's crazy cheap compared to like the rest of the world like you thought thailand was cheap like ukraine is cheap oh okay yeah, okay, yeah. Like, so screw can, thailand i'm going yeah, to ukraine yeah then. go to ukraine <laughs> of course the language barrier is different there but um but no like like i said the training was really good uh and i thought it was it was nice like it was i've never been to like my dad's home city so it was kind of mm. cool just to wait this was 2010 it. you said wait that you were over there no no i've never been this oh. I, I, it's my first time going to ukraine oh so i've been to abu dhabi yeah yeah no i went there just now i was oh. there um in september what, ukraine? In, uh, yeah in ukraine oh so just now yeah just got back oh, man. so literally i was in ukraine when i got the fight when they oh, gave me the I phone see. call i was i literally flew from ukraine to abu dhabi and then i came back to hong kong from abu dhabi uh, okay. so i was now, in ukraine yeah now it's making sense so yeah. you just got back from your fight at uae warriors correct which mm -hmm. is what you were saying is like uh the local promotion like of, televised promotion of Saudi of the Middle East, yeah, of the Middle East. yeah. They, I think they're based out of Abu Dhabi, but okay. um, they compete, uh, you know, in Jordan, Lebanon. It's like UAE Warriors and Brave. Those are the two like biggest promotions mm. in the Middle East. But uh, I've seen Brave. Yeah, seen a, I've seen Brave some stuff Federation. Yeah. yeah, and then of course the other one being UAE Warriors. So those two are like the two big promotions out of the Middle East, and they. They travel all over the different regions, but I know for sure UAE Warriors is based out of UAE. Mm. Uh, sorry, Abu Dhabi. Mm. And um, yeah, they're really quite busy putting on shows because they've yeah. got like endless supply of money. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> oh, which is great. <laughs> I wish they had that kind I of mean, stuff over here. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It was crazy, like, because it's literally like when, uh, thank you, uh, literally, like, I get that you know i'm coming back to hong kong to fight november 9 i'm like dope like i'm gonna have home crowd like a lot of people watching you're fighting november 9 no 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 we were i was supposed to right with just just mma mm. and then when they canceled and then i'm like yeah i'm gonna be fighting with my home crowd blah blah, blah. and then i was like ah shit they canceled it that's a bummer because i had people flying in i had all kinds of stuff going on oh, for this shit. fight and then and then they, I got the UA Warriors opportunity, and I'm going out there, and the guy I'm fighting against, same kind of thing happened. He was six days out, and then his opponent pulled out injured. Mm -hmm. So that's when they called me, and they're like, you want to take this fight? I was like, yeah, sure. And it was like he had – it was the stadium was for him. It was crazy. That like, is, yeah. He's what's like, that like then? Well, you took the fight on oh, six days' notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean – it was stupid like i mean that's just me being like stubborn but the opportunity was there so i was just like i had to take it but um i i've got i have a groin injury and i've been dealing with it like i went to ukraine with it but i was like at the same time oh like i'll just i'm just here to learn and then i'll get better in that time and while i'm boxing and then i'll focus on my training camp for that november 9 fight a month out hopefully my groin will be good but by that point i'd grappled and wrestled in ukraine my groin had been all kinds of pulled and it was a mess it really was and uh i was trying i was it was getting better but when you're training every day it's impossible to heal literally with these you got to just take time off it's also easy to forget when you're training every day like obviously you wake up and you're like ow but as soon as you get to the gym yeah no and and it's like go. yeah it was just small little things like a slip or a little awkward step here and then it would just be like damn like and it, and it affected me in the grappling aspect but striking wise i was like oh this is fine and then when that phone call came in and i saw who the guy was i was like man he's a striker i don't have to worry about anything takedowns i was like all right well it'll be fun then i can just go out and strike because i've just mm. been striking this whole this whole time in ukraine so when i went out there i was like confident that i could get the victory just just standing up and striking mm. but 
after watching the fight back and seeing how the fight went, I was like, man, like he was super uncomfortable striking with me, like mm. super uncomfortable, like literally a minute in, he goes and shoots for a double leg. And it literally caught me like super surprised. I was just like, whoa, like I literally was like, I thought <laughs> this guy wanted to strike. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like credit to him, but it didn't cause me no problems. Like I, I scooped my butt back on the cage to back up, separate, went back striking. But I was just, I could see like, oh, he really doesn't like, he felt uncomfortable striking. So maybe you just didn't expect like someone from six days. It's a in the middle of nowhere. I mean, that's the thing. And like he, he fought, he fought guys like once a year and a lot of guys he was fighting were like on short notice. So he, it, I don't know, I'm not going to say nothing, but he was kind of picking <laughs> his fights, getting sort of the things he needed. So I thought when I came in, I, I even sensed it the way in that he was nervous. And then there's quite a common thing though, for a local promotion to have like your stars, especially if they're oh, being for sure. like building up the promotion they themselves. Have to. They, they have to. Need to, I mean, if they got guys that are selling tickets they're gonna want them fighting because they're gonna be selling tickets yeah. so um so but yeah you know going into that fight i was very confident and i, I felt very relaxed and it, the whole thing the whole experience was just nice it was the best experience i've experienced in my career in terms of the way the promotion was looking after me mm. and i just felt everything was like top of the line in terms of everything they just made sure everything was on point and i was like i was like perfect that's how all the fighters should be treated you know mm -mm -mm. um it shouldn't be just at the highest level you know um you should all feel special i agree i mean not only <laughs> that but you want to be you know you're going in for to a fight so you should be in the most comfortable you shouldn't be worried about oh can i eat this food or can uh, i afford this yeah, food is there a bathtub in my in my in my hotel can i cut weight here like you shouldn't have to worry about these things these things should all be already sorted people know MMA has been around long enough what all the fighters actually need that week of the fight. So, no, UAE, like, they killed it in that regard. So I was very relaxed, felt really good for the fight uh, in terms of, you know, mentally, I yeah. was on point. Uh, and then, like I said, I went in there and I felt, I, watching the fight back, I felt like a serial killer. I watched that thing, I looked too relaxed. Like, it was <laughs> too comfortable in there almost. And they said it in the commentary. They were like, yeah, it's, it, he looks very relaxed in there, and I don't know if that's going to work against him. And it, I was just, like, I just... I'm always in my element when I'm fighting. I'm always very relaxed there. So, is there a process that you take yourself to like get there, or is this through like years of experience and training? Or, uh, man, I can still remember the first time I ever fought, and I was five years old. So it's like you're five, five. Oh my god, what? Yeah, I got dropped with the. I started off in karate, and okay. uh, I got dropped with a body kick, and uh, by an older kid, I think he was like seven. Right. Um, and I get and, and I tried to I remember trying to fight him, but I wasn't very, uh, I guess, able. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, yeah. but I thought I did. And then he landed like just a whoops, sorry. He landed like a teep kick right in the in the gut. Oh, I hate those little toes. It, to yeah, the diaphragm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Took me so out, painful. like winded me, you know, put me. I think that was the first time I've been officially winded. <laughs> so then that was like I was like, oh, my goodness. And I hated it. I cried. I didn't yeah. like it. I, did, I, felt, I was like, I don't want to come here again. My parents were like, no, nah, you're, you're going back because like we don't have to deal with you for two hours pretty much. So we'll send you over there. And uh, yeah. And, and then eventually, like after months, months, even years of hating it, then once I got strong enough and then I could take it and then also give it, that's when everything changed. And then, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was someone that always looked to fight, but I was always competing in it, in, in the sport. And then if there was ever a situation where a fight arose or people I was close to got into a scuffle or something. I was always there to, to make sure everything was okay, you know? <laughs> but uh, I, I never was trying to get, you know, be like, oh, I'm a street fighter or I'm a, I'm a ruffian or a bully. It was never really like that. But I always liked fighting. I always liked combat sports. And then um, going to Australia was when I really got to fight. 
When was this? When was Australia? High school. Uh, so basically, I moved. So I went to primary school here, and then I went to high school here, and the Allen School. And then I left uh, in the end of ninth grade, or sorry, the middle of year, year nine. To That's when I left as well. Year oh, you nine, did too? Yeah, halfway through year like nine. Like before GCSEs, right? Yeah, yeah we, we finished exact same time. So it would have been like December, right? December of that yeah, year. Actually, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. where did you go? Uh, well, I went to Brunei. Oh yeah, I okay. remember starting school in like January. Brunei. I, I played in a rugby tournament there, Brunei. It's not a lot of people go there or know R- where it it's is. It's not a lot going on, is there? Nah. <laughs> How long did you live there? I lived there for two years. Huh. Yeah. But it's like you can make good money in Brunei, right? Well, I was only a kid then. I know, but, but like if you are, it's like good mo- oil, I think. Oh, right? big oil time! Yeah, course. like there's yeah. no poor people over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's. I, I just yeah, we didn't get to see much. I just we were in a nice hotel, and then we just go to the stadium, and then go back to the hotel. But the hotel was nice. It, it was called Empire. Yeah, it was. A and you had like yeah, you had nice. cinemas, bowling alley, um, mm. like your own man-made lagoon, and also some beaches. <laughs> Sounds like Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it was, ins- yeah. it was that kind of money yeah. for sure over there. So. So I, I, I keep telling my friends that live there that you, know, you guys should sponsor a MMA event and you should just put one up because it's such a small say? country. And what do they say? They're all for it, but I don't know about sponsoring. Is it, I wonder what their laws are on combat sports. It's, it's a bit it's weird. Sharia over there, yeah, so, so I'm not sure what they Yeah, you got to be careful with that. Yeah. But I mean, if just they don't show your ankles. You should <laughs> be fine. Yeah, definitely no girls fighting. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> definitely no girls fighting. Um, but that's, sorry, Karen. Um, Where was I going with that? Um... Travel to Australia. Fighting. Oh, so yeah, I know. Going out there was like I went to old boys boarding school, but at that time in my life, I was super focused into rugby. I love rugby, and um, and I thought, and that was where I was going. I want to be a professional rugby player. I didn't want to go to school. I just wanted to play rugby. And then, uh, so I, I was like, I'm going to Australia. Like this is where the hotbed is. Like this is where I'll get my opportunity. Blah blah blah. So I went out there and I was pursuing rugby, and you know, went to boarding school. So that was a whole new like environment. Old boys boarding school and. Um, but man, just the culture out there, they love to fight. Like mm-hmm. Australians love to fight. So like, even on a night out, you know, you go to a house party or you go to like surfers or something, people are fighting. Like there's always like end of the night, people are fighting. Like it's just, <laughs> just how it is. So when I first went out there, like, again, I, I was like a new kid. Like I wasn't like, oh, I need to be like a tough guy or anything like that. But like, there was an opportunity that happened. And, and I thought, I did remember thinking like, oh, like if I need to, like put my name down now it will be now so like i was like all right and there was just a kid a big kid who was causing trouble just like from some other school being a loud mouth big guy though so you're just calling him a llama and then I a llama a loud mouth yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. he was just you know was talking a ton of shit you know one of those guys who drunk a bit too much he was just mm. like maybe like walking around like 110 kilo taller than everyone bigger than everyone he's just being a loud mouth being arrogant talking shit to everyone girls and guys so it just got to that point where everyone was just kind of getting sick of him. Mm. And then at the same time, but some, but I didn't know anyone. So I was just like, man, fuck this guy. So I just went up to him <laughs> and like, I was like, oh, dude, you want to talk shit? So I was like, Let, let's fucking talk shit. And then we started talking. He's like, I was all fuck easily. You know, I'll fuck you up. I'll fuck you up. That kind of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually, like, we started scrapping. And then not, not long after, he Who's was sleeping. Who threw the first punch? He did. I uh, think I have a rule when I get into street fights, I, I always wait for them to throw the first punch. Mm. Legal thing. But um, <laughs> but it, it's just one of those things that 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 I put myself in that situation on purpose. But I also had like <laughs> a, like some in, inclination to like oh, I was going to get something from it. And, and it worked because nobody fucked with me after that. Like nobody. They used to kind of talk shit or oh, Hong Kong kid, blah, blah, blah talk shit, but they wouldn't do nothing. And then then once like you scrap like a big boy and then people hear about it and then. 
they're like, oh, well, we're going to second guess that guy. He little, he's a little different. You know, he's, mm. I don't know about him. And you it's want like that, a, you want that element so they don't come and fuck with it's you. It's like in prison. A little like, bit. I'm going to get the biggest guy in here. So little no bit. Fucks with me yeah, 100%. Me or anything. Especially, yeah, especially <laughs> at that young age. Everyone's like, you know, trying to be an alpha. Everyone's got like, yeah. it's an old boy school. So it's yeah. like, what do you expect? When you, you said know? old boy school, it's like, wait, Yeah, and it's not, and it's not like, it's not like an old boy school that has like engineering programs and can and chem and chemistry and physics like these are all athletes there's a lot of you know alphas in there so like when, once you come in and like, yeah i mean they can all act tough and stuff and not a lot of them even know how to fight mm. that's the funny thing they're all act tough they're strong and everything but they don't really know how to fight so mm. once you start a couple dudes and then they're like oh, okay well we don't really need to worry about him no more mm. like let's not mess with them and then we'd like fuck around like after school oh you like wrestle and just mm. kick kick go for kick for kick and punch for punch were you, know? you training what you stop your karate then all my training was training? done in hong kong so like oh. so ba- i i so basically i went through karate and like stopped it about i would say about 10 11 because that's when all my friends i started making friends and they were getting older and none of them did any martial arts they were all rugby football basketball the traditional sports so i was like and all my f- friends from that were all local for like go into local schools mm. so i was like man like i was kind of like kind of bridged like isolated a little bit i was like mm. oh like i'd have to like spend separate time with them it was just like i couldn't integrate it you know mm. put it together and then um and then yeah i kind of went with the the western crowd and like went into my school and went like that's when i really liked rugby and stuff but um then i started training with alan yeah it impact uh, so like alan first came to hong kong had a big part uh big my family had a big part to do with him coming mm. to hong kong uh, oh really yeah um he originally came out here like i want to say like late 90s like early 2000s mm-hmm. and like when he opened it they were opening up a gym here my dad had a restaurant so my dad was like involved in like the process of him getting his visa so we've always oh. had like a like a good relationship with Alon, and he used to teach me so when i was like maybe 12 i used to do like privates with myself and another friend we used to go train with him and that's when i first started getting into like muay thai like proper like muay thai throwing kicks different to like karate and then like weightlifting because he's obviously like he's a, a beast a beast yeah <laughs> so like i was like i want to be a beast so like like teach me <laughs> teach me how to lift teach weights me the beast yeah, ways, yeah please, like Lon. and you know he would set like all these fitness challenges but i was never like oh i'm a fighter i was just like i like doing this training so it would supplement like off season when i was playing rugby and mm-hmm. doing other sports so it was cool like to have that and then obviously like oh i'm trained by alan he's a beast like yeah, for you know. people that don't know who alan is he is um owner founder of impact one of uh, hong kong's like oldest mma gyms and now is what is he heavyweight yeah he's a heavyweight heavyweight one not champion but he's a heavyweight, heavyweight. Sort MMA of fighter. icon yeah. for one championship. For sure. Yeah. He's a star for the company. Um, he's a phenomenal athlete. And he's, yeah. he's not young at all. <laughs> no. no offense. He's That's like in his 40s. Yeah, he's like 40. 40, mid 40s. 44. Like this. Yeah. yeah. So but he been, couldn't tell. Yeah, he couldn't. And uh. he's, he's been around forever. And he's he, he's uh, he was actually a big part of my martial arts, you know, unintentionally. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we would have like... Again, everything would be summer. Whenever I'd have time in the summer, I'd be at, at Alon's gym, and my dad used to train there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was getting getting lifting in there at a young age, and then learning to kickbox and, and do Muay Thai with him, and then having like inter club fights against other local oh, kids. Fun. So yeah, I was always down to fight. Like yeah. there was never I was like never shy from it. I thought it was fun. Um, and then yeah, and then continue playing rugby continue doing that and then getting into street fights here and there getting into fights at school just those those kind of things but nothing i didn't really know like mma or anything at that point i knew a little bit of pride 
mm. I've seen a little bit like big knockouts sweet but like I said I was like rugby only yeah you know, super so focused. when did the jiu-jitsu start coming in when did um oh MMA start so that Steve like once I'd from? once I'd gone into rugby and like gone professionally into rugby I, I was living in Russia I was You're living professional in, rugby yeah I oh, played nice. I played one year in Russia um of all places I played in a tournament uh, in Australia and then there were this Russian team were in the town like doing like a coaching clinic program thing and mm. they were watching the tournament because of my name just because of my name Latinikov. Russian name they were like who's this guy and then they actually got in touch with my dad and they came to Hong Kong and watched like a sevens tournament oh. so that we were doing because at that time I was like Hong Kong A I was 18 but I was like on the Hong Kong A team and uh, involved in the sevens a little bit in the setup so they were like, oh, we'll go check them out. And then my dad like, was able to get, get me a contract out there. Wow. So I went out there, and then I played for a season out in Siberia. It was pretty cool. That's crazy. Yeah. You've basically been an athlete your whole life. Pretty much. Yeah, not a lot of, especially in Hong Kong, I feel like, not a lot of people yeah. have had that kind of experience. Especially, well, so you did karate as a kid, which yeah. is quite traditional. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I definitely feel like, at least in the Asian market, there's a lot of people late to the table with martial arts. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, a lot of the guys are... I mean, there are... Depends what country. Like, cu countries like Korea, they have... Mm. They they mandatory yeah. martial arts for, for young young kids, and I think that's great. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Um, so they have, they have their advantages there, but uh, fighting is... It's it's not so much even the martial artists you see there are a lot of martial artists a lot of different programs a lot of different sports but you don't see the champions of every single martial art coming out and being MMA fighters there's mm. there's more to it like point fighting karate for example you barely even get touched like mm. you might get a like a head kick worst case you could get like head kick knockout mm. or punch on the jaw but that's the one punch and that's it and then if that does happen usually those people kind of prevent like stop from mm. that you know they think it's dangerous but. For MMA, like, there's just aspects of the fight that you can't replicate in, in their sport, and they don't like it. For example, I've, if I've been a world champion in kickboxing my whole life, and then all of a sudden I have to be a wrestler and get taken down and, and my stance yeah, changes. Yeah, you're not going to like that. You're not going to like it, and no. you're going to have your ego, and it's going to be weird, and you're going to just have to do a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. There are people who are doing it, working, and I, and I admire that because that takes work. But, um, but being able to get punched, be able to get up off your feet, be able to wrestle, be able to submit someone, be able mm. to strike, not just strike, but strike at a high level, strike intellectually. You have mm. to be thinking when you strike or at least be on another level of thinking when you strike. Mm. And I see so in many- In a flow space. Yeah, ideally, it's easy to, <laughs> I, yeah, ideally in flow, it's, it's, it's yeah. a definition, I, I guess you can say. Yeah. Um, but you also have to be in a good training environment. You have mm. to be, your diet has to be good. Mentally, you have to be It's a good. lot of components There's that a lot of together. components that you have to put together. So, I mean, the sport itself is hard to make money. You mm. can't make money in the sport and especially live like you want to live a good life, but mm -hmm. you can't, like you, unless you're fighting at the top. But at the beginning, it's very difficult. So you can be missing out on some of the best fighters on the planet, but they're, they're working right now. They're mm. sitting in an office or they're working in a restaurant or serving you drinks just because they need to earn money to live so this sport unfortunately <laughs> i hear that like you know how it is it's yeah. really difficult to it's juggle the difficult. two especially over yeah. here when you have such i a mean you work a full 12 hour day and then you got to go train and then you get mm. hurt and then you're like oh i'm sore and then you gotta go pay for therapy and you're like oh god yeah like, <laughs> there's things you got to sacrifice you know so that's that's i think the early days it's like you got to get through that 
and and that's what happened to me in, in school is like i was like man i got to do something where i'm not stuck in an office or i'm not mm. stuck stuck in a cubicle i need to be where i can be free to do what i want but mm. also i need to like get some money in my bank account yeah. too so how do we do that <laughs> so i thought at that time it and like w and working online was perfect because mm. anywhere that had a wi-fi connection i could work yeah. so yeah that that was an opportunity for me to like yeah i still want to be a fighter that is the goal but like i gotta work a little bit outside of of to my feed. of my craft to feed my goal right yeah. you know i gotta i gotta invest in a way so yeah i had to do that i had you know going becoming a computer science major and, and a minor in communications like it's a lot of work and i'm not an academic like i'm a man i'm not i'm not, <laughs> I'm not i don't see the work right there and i'm like i don't need to study like i had to study i had to put in the work i had yeah. to grind but at the end of the day, like I wasn't going out there for A plus. I was like, I just need to pass. I just need to know what <laughs> I got to do. I just need to get a couple jobs, get a couple clients. And then next thing you know, a couple lucky things happen here. A couple lucky things happen there. Make a bit of money, have a bit of Bitcoin. Next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I got money in my bank account. Mm. I was like, okay, so now let's move to Phuket. Oh, let's move to the Black Zillions. Let's, let's yeah, start. Yeah, so you, 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 you trained with the Black Zillions in the States. Uh -huh. For how long was that? I moved there in 2015 and I left there in 2017. So I was there, yeah, basically, I think it was like two, two and a half years. Um, and then wait, when did you start MMA training? So let's, rugby? yeah, so you asked me originally when I started BJJ, how I learned. So okay. when, I, when I finished playing rugby in Siberia, um, I got hurt. Mm. And I was like in a very, uh, let's put it, emo depression mode. I was like, where am I going in my life? Yeah. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I'd hurt myself and I was like, my parents were giving me that, oh, you can't be an athlete forever. And I was thinking like, cause I literally like dislocated my elbow and I was all sorts of, I couldn't even pick up a weight. I was all sorts of messed up. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I really don't want to go to school again. I was like, mm. I don't want to take tests again. Like mm. I really was like not keen for that yeah. <laughs> at that moment. But I was like, everyone was else was doing it. And then uh, my mom wanted me to do it. So then I was like, I was like, no, I was like, I'll just, like rehab and i'll go back because i was like i was making good money in, in siberia so i was like i'm just gonna do that and then they were like my dad on the, on the low key was like applying and sending film of me playing rugby f to schools oh. just because i was being difficult i was just like no i don't want to do anything no 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 i was just being a little dick basically yeah <laughs> i was uh and um it and gets then, you a long way though in the fight game honestly uh, yeah i mean no i was a different person then completely different person back then i thought i was like a little prince like uh -oh. thought i was the shit, yeah. you know um but uh then when the university opportunity did come i moved to montreal and um they were like yeah you can play rugby here and then you get free education you just play rugby i was like all right I didn't even know what I wanted to do to go to school. They're like, oh, we'll put you in history. I was like, whatever, like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's be a history major. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't mind. And then, um, but I was just there like literally like, oh, this is a new city. Montreal's amazing. Like, it's amazing by the way. Mm. Yeah, it's an amazing city. One of the best I've ever lived and just sucks the winter. The winter is just horrible yeah, there. Just pretty damn yeah, cold up there too cold <laughs> unnecessarily you're cold, the eastern yeah. european one yeah i mean <laughs> when it gets to like minus 30 you're just like but why like yeah i, I don't agree it's with not this for me yeah so There's no amount of layers that i could possibly wear no it's like if your face <laughs> is exposed it's like you're done like, you're, it just hurts but um yeah no i moved there and i thought it was cool you know you want to explore the city see new people will go out and i was like what 19 and i was living a professional rugby lifestyle so i was like man 
let it loose just go just go party just go out every night of the week there's something to do so i was just hanging out with a bunch of party animals and we were just partying i didn't go to class i was just like showing up to rugby training while rehabbing my injury like hung over like i was just being a bum basically (laughs) literally yeah but it was fun. So I enjoyed it. the flip side of athlete life. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was really fun. And the level of rugby there was very low. So at the time, like, I could literally get by, like, being out of shape. Like, it wasn't really an issue. Because it was more social than it was, like, at a high level professional. Which also kind of sucked. Which also depressed me at the time. Which made me even want to party more. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, I was just like, oh, whatever. Like, just go out, party, enjoy my life, blah, blah, blah. And then I was thinking, like, shit, like. All my friends, like that, my high-level friends are like training right now. I'm like, well, I see them on Facebook because back then it's Facebook. I was like, they're posting like videos of them training, and I'm like, five in the morning, like just going to bed, you know, like on a You're Tuesday. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, I'm like, this is like kind of anti, like you know, productive. I like notice, and I'm like 18, 19 years old, and like talking like this, and I'm like, it's like a little thing in my mind, like little wiseness is coming through, and I'm like, man, yeah. like this isn't good, you know. So like. I think for an 18, 19 year old to be like uh, aware of, you know, am I aligned with the vision for myself? Yeah. It's quite a, no, quite I, a wise thing to I be just thinking. Thought, I just thought like, yeah, because like I was used to being told like, oh, you're so good at something like in Hong Kong, you know, especially in a place like Hong Kong. Oh, you play for Hong Kong? Da, da, da. You know, whatever. But uh, but at that time, like I was in a place like Canada and I'm like, man. Nobody gives a shit about me. Like, mm-hmm. in reality, that's how I literally thought. I was like, nobody gives a shit about me out here. Like, only people who really care are my family. But the like, most important thing is, like, if I'm going out partying and not performing well, nobody's definitely going to give a shit about mm. me. Like, <laughs> that is a fact. So I was like, I got to at least put in the work, at least show the coaches, at least, you know, these little things. It's the little things when you start putting all the little details and stuff together. That's where success comes from. But if I'm partying hard every night, but I'm still putting in that work, mm. in reality, I'll, I'll burn out. I'll, I'll, I'll fade. That's just what it is. So you have to make sacrifices in life, even if it is partying, even if it is enjoying things, to be successful in something. Mm. So back to it. So back in Montreal, I saw... you. GSP. Yeah, GSP won the belt against Matt Sarah. That was like a big night there. Like yeah. it was crazy. Like cars were being flipped. People were oh, on shit. the street. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was big when GSP won. And I was like, man, like he's like a superstar. And then I watched his fights. Like all of them, I went back, watched his highlights and stuff. And I was like, man, striking wise, I was like, man, I was like, he's all right. Like that's literally <laughs> what I thought at like 19. I was like, he's all right. Striking wise, he had he still hadn't like worked with Freddie Roach yet at the time. Mm. I was like, man, he's more like Kyokushin style, just throw some kicks. I was like, he's all right. And then, but then I saw like what he could do on the ground, and I was like, man, like he's a beast. Like yeah. his wrestling, his jujitsu. And I was like, hmm. I was like, I don't know that. I was like, I didn't. I knew nothing about it at all. I'd seen some videos and stuff. I was like, rear naked choke. Like, I was like, I, 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 can, I could do that. Kind of gay. But really, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just thought it was a bit weird, you know. And then, but I went to TriStar, but I went and did like a two-week free trial in their uh, Muay Thai because it was free during the summer. I was like, me and my buddy were like, yo, we drove by and we're like, yo, we should just go there to train. Mm. So we were there and we trained, but there was like no... Like it was like a cardio kickbox class with a little bit of technique, a little bit of moving around with my friend. But we just went there to see if like we see GSP. We didn't see him at the time. <laughs> and we like seen a couple other fighters and back like looking back now, like I seen some of those fighters that like I know mm. like now, you know, like I saw Rory McDonald there. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Like just like, you know, I, and I went there myself like a few years back and I saw like, you know, again, the next breed of generation of fighters, even meeting um, 
Faraz Zahabi. Oh, like he's wow. super nice guy. Really yeah, cool. it was it was really cool. Very nice gym. It's nothing fancy. It's not massive, but like their mats are filled. Like all the fighters come in, so it was good. It was good training there. And then, obviously, again, I went back to like playing rugby, and then I transitioned to football. And that's when I started to, uh, that's like, I had all my friends there were all like high level athletes. They're all mm. football players. And then, um, it's kind of even more injuries in football though, oh, especially for knees, sport. ankles, head, head. Yeah, <laughs> really? definitely. Yeah. CTE concussions. Oh wait. Oh, American football. American football. I thought you were English, like no, soccer. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> N- NFL, college okay. football. Yeah. Uh, get you, Gridiron. Get you. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So I transitioned into that because all the kids I were hanging out with were all, I, so going from the partying, I started to go and train more. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to get in shape. I need to get strong. So that rugby season ended and, um, I was like in the off season, I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I want to get big. Cause everyone was like, you know, that American big, mm-hmm. they're just big boys. They're all lifting, lifting heavy and in, in rugby, you're obviously moving, running and stuff. So I wasn't like that kind of build. So I was like, man, I'm going to lift with them. And I was hanging out with them in the dorms and stuff. We were all like, cool. So, and they were like, they're just athletes. So we got along and I was training with them and they're like, man, you should play football. Like you should, and I was like, nah, like that foot, that, that sport's like soft. Like you guys wear pads. Like I would always say that. I, would yeah. always say, I was like, man, we, 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 we real men. Yeah. Like we, we, we play we a real sport. I was like, you don't, you don't need these pads. And like, I was like, you hide behind that. And I'll talk mad stuff, like mad shit with them. And then, uh, <laughs> and then eventually, uh, one of their coaches was at like a basketball game and I was with one of my friends and he spoke, he was talking to him and I was just like standing off watching. And then he introduced himself. I was like, Hey, nice to meet you. He's like, I've seen you around, blah, blah, blah. He's like right now it's the off season. But if you'd like to come to our training, they were doing like off season trainings in the mornings. He's like, if you want to come watch or even take part, he's like, you're more than welcome. Cause they knew I could kick cause I was a kicker. Um, so they're like, Oh, worst case, like we, he kicked for sure. So they were interested in that at least, but they're like, I wonder if they, he could do anything on the field. So, I was like, all right. I went and got, I went and like spoke to my dad. My dad was like, yeah, why not try it? Cause I was also looking to maybe move to England. I was like, man, the rugby shit here. I'm like getting back in shape. I was like, I want to, cause my friends were playing in, in the UK. Mm. Um, what? Uh, American football? No rugby. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they were like, I had friends at Newcastle and like Loughborough. So they were like getting, right. doing their thing there. And I was like, man, like I could be doing that too. Mm. Cause I have a British passport. Um, so I was like, I could go to school there. Cause you were born in Hong Kong? My mom is British. Oh, she's British. Yeah. Okay. So I had access there too. And then this whole football thing came in and my dad's like, whoa. And that, that, that school was like number two in the country, I think. Nice. So I was just like, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll try out with these guys. I was like, they're cool. It's a hundred guys on a team. I was like, this is a new element. Like I, I knew nothing about football. Literally mm. didn't know the rules, nothing. Um, but I was like, they're cool. Like, let's learn, let's play, play video games. You kind of learn through that, watch. So I went to a couple practices. I was like, yeah, that looks kind of easy. Like some of the things they were doing, I was like, I could do that. It's kind of, it actually, a lot of stuff does translate to rugby. It's just the strategy and the mind of the games are completely different. Yeah. But like the gameplay yes, itself yes. is completely different, exactly. but the techniques used, I reckon are quite yes. similar. You could like physically, you could like put a flanker in rugby, like a seven or, or six. This are is going to go like this. With oh, me. sorry. I, yeah. th- I thought That's maybe cool, you had but some But maybe other people can understand. Yeah. So, keep, keep so like you got like a flanker <laughs> or a, or a number eight, they can definitely convert body type wise to like, you know, a defensive end or a linebacker in on the football field. So like you have things, you know, being able to run, being able to tackle, mm. being able to catch a ball. These yes. are all things that are pretty basic. <laughs> this is what I was thinking. Yeah. Of. You know, so, <laughs> so I saw an opportunity to play and I was like, yeah, I can give it a go. And they put me on defense. So I just went out there and 
you know, of course, some things were awkward, especially were you when much you're wearing. Bigger at that time, I was probably uh, when I first started playing, I was probably about 95, 96 kilos. But they'd already told me like, yeah, you want to try to get bigger. But wow. I wasn't I hadn't even tried. I was just like naturally like 95, 96 playing rugby. Like that was my walk around weight. I'm probably now about 90 hmm. um, like at this moment. But uh yeah, so once uh, I started to try, try football, it, it made sense. I was like, oh, he has the ball, go tackle him. I was like, that's easy, you know, like, how hard is that? So, like, <laughs> that, that, that was kind of, like, the first steps into football. And then they were like, all right, they showed a little bit of interest, and that's all it took was really to get me going was they had to show some interest. Mm. And once they were interested in me, I was like, all right, well, I'll invest my time to, like, get better in the sport. Mm. So I spent that whole spring and then summer – just basically studying football. They moved me in an apartment with two other football players, and then we were just like, we're friends, but like we were just constantly playing like Madden on, on PlayStation, and <laughs> just we had the same like school schedule, and yeah, it was good. It was like perfect, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was there was no, it was they were setting me up to like only be successful or get better, so it was perfect. I like that. It's cool that you could be switched around so easily. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just an opportunity that I yeah. thought like. If I'm given it and or people are willing to invest their time in me, then I was like, I have to at least try. Mm. So the football was super hard. Like, it's a super hard sport in terms of mentally. Like, if you've never, these kids, been, they, these guys have been playing since they were like five, six, seven years old. So they know the sport. But when you play a sport where you got to go in and then think about things at the last second, you're already behind the play. Mm. So I was really trying to get natural in that sport, but it's just different. It's a di like you can play the video game and be natural as all day. You know, <laughs> yeah, but I can press buttons, no yeah, problem. Absolutely, you, you know the play, you know what to do. But when you're live in that situation, you make one small little mistake, change the game. So, <laughs> so obviously there was a lot of error, there's a lot of mistakes. But I would also make plays just out of athleticism, just being a little bit lucky. I would get would get away with things too, but. Um, they were they were giving me positive feedback, and then also I'm an American citizen, so we were looking to go back to the states, go through that program, try to get to the NCAA, and then who knows, maybe the N NFL. You mm. know, that would be you know if we continue progressing in the sport. So by that time, I think I'd gotten from I was like 96, like I said, to like 110 Jeez. kilos. Yeah, and maybe I want to say from January to like yeah, it's like august oh my god what'd you yeah. eat i was eating like six thousand calories to eight thousand <laughs> calories hell. a day yeah. of, of anything it didn't pretty it didn't much matter. anything yeah that's i remember being told just eat everything like, <laughs> anything and everything and i was like all right but i was training like two three times a day so right. it was like yeah it was crazy god, how does eating that many calories affect the way that you train you must feel like fat lump <laughs> i don't know at that time i was burning so many calories like i was probably eating close to 4,000 or 3,500 a day just <sighs> as a kid at that age. Cause I mean, playing rugby, we were running in, we were working every day, especially in, in, in Siberia. Like mm. I was so light because, mm. cause I wasn't eating enough. Mm. You know what I mean? So like at school, you just had all you could eat. Like you go in there, you eat. And like after training and stuff, those are the best days. Like I would get the best gains. I would spend like three hours in there, just like <laughs> just have like three down. dinners. Oh, yeah. And because I I was technically fasting, I've been fasting since like I was like ten. I've never found, <laughs> never been tired in the morning. I always get tired like after. I sorry, tired, hungry after about twelve. So it's like when I was in in same system when I was at school, I would sleep in till like one two in the afternoon, wake up, go to school, go train. 
and then my first meal would be dinner so i'd be like man i gotta smash like six thousand calories just so i don't get small yeah you know what i mean so yeah then, yeah especially if you're eating like that which is i think for guys like there's a lot of guys that wake up and they're just not hungry and they won't yeah, eat. I, I think yeah i think it's pretty common like mm. i remember they like oh it's the most important meal but i'm like yeah, but like, I feel like I would, they'd be like, eat cereal. And I eat cereal, and I'd be like, alert. And then I'd be like, crap, like, yeah. I'm going to go to sleep, you know? So, um, yeah, fasting always worked well for me. And then and then that was a big part is uh, in school was just being able to eat and having access to a lot of food and then working out and just being like with good guys who knew what they were doing. Like, even supplements, man. I was like taking creatine, protein. Like, that was my first introduction. I was, I was even taking something that... I can't remember the name of it, but it was a product that was like sold in GNC. It was all legit. And then like maybe two years later, they were like, oh, there's like banned substance in it. Oh, shit. Yeah, there's like something <laughs> in like, it. like, no wonder I'm so uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone was on that. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I don't know what I did. Like, go get blood tests to make sure like I didn't fuck anything up. But um, but yeah, no, it was just these guys, these Canadian guys, they all worked hard and they were all tough dudes. And. They taught me a lot. They're all, you know, and then one of the guys that I live with, he went to the NFL. Nice. So, so yeah, so it was just, I was in a good environment. So I like invested myself fully into football, then played out. But the thing was when I stopped playing rugby and went to football, I lost my scholarship. Oh, shit. So then there was like, oh, yeah, like you got to pay a bunch of money now to play football. And we were like, oh. <laughs> I was like, that's not, and we're like international. Money? I was like, we're international, right? So like, it's even higher. So I was like, oh man. And I was like, so what happened was we ended up, they subsidized like a bit of the, the whatever, the tuition. And then like we paid it. And then I was like, well, we got to move to the States then. Cause like States, you know, I work, I, it's like cheap for us. You know, we're, we're American citizens. You pay like a couple grand a year or a semester. So I was like, all right, we got to move to the States, try to football in the States. So we moved to like upstate New York, I moved to upstate New York in the, like, we're talking like the ghetto. Like, oh. this is like, this is like <laughs> were you surrounded by high level athletes? I there? was at one point. Yeah. I mean, so there's a, there's a community college called Hudson Valley. Shout out to Hudson Valley community college. Um, it's in, uh, it's, uh, in Troy, New York. That's right, right by Albany, New York. And, um, the areas like, like I said, Albany once was a, was a metropolis city. <laughs> it was, it's the capital of New York. Nobody, you know, nobody even realizes that. Uh, but yeah, it's not a lot going on up there. And uh, basically, I moved up there, packed everything into a U-Haul from Montreal, and we just drove straight to Albany. I literally Googled like the best New York State community college that had a football team, which was that. They were ranked. So I was like, yeah, let's go there. Uh, show up there and uh, just met the coach, super nice coach, OG Fagan, super nice guy. Um, and it was a very like African-American school predominantly. Like, for example, on the football team, there's 110 players, 103 were African-American. And then there was like maybe two or three white guys and then a couple like Spanish guys. But oh, wow. it's, yeah, it's super predominant. But a lot of those guys that go up there go there because they know that there's opportunity to go to the next level. Um, so yeah, I showed up there, found a place, like some ghetto ass apartment that was like kind of close to the school. And, you know, it was good like that, that. I was there because I was there for one reason. Actually, that's when I've been programmed. You need to get good grades because mm. I'd done super terrible at Concordia. I was getting like C minus average, like on the brink of not being eligible to play. So they were like, yeah, that's an issue. So I was there like, look, if you want a scholarship to any school, you you not only have to play good, like you have to have good grades. Mm. He's like, if you don't have good grades, they won't even consider you. Mm. 
because you have to have good GPA. So I was like, oh, shit. So, like, that was the first time I was like, I'm going to go to all my classes. Like, I'm going to kill everything. Like, that was literally, I was like, I didn't go out with anyone. I didn't party. I didn't do nothing. I was just like, train, eat, study, sleep. That's it. That's all I do. So when I moved there, I didn't really have any friends because I didn't know anyone. So I was just showing up to random practices and lifts. And obviously run into people, say what's up. But like I was, like I said, super focused on that. And it really made a difference was the first spring break. Spring break rolled around there. Like I had a group of kind of, kind of group of friends at the time. There's about five of them, a bunch of idiots. Is like, it as like spring break? Is it really? Oh yeah. As they were going. They were going down to Myrtle Beach, <laughs> okay. South Carolina, to go party. So like I was, they were like, "Yo, you want to come with? Like we're driving down. Like we'll split costs and stuff." And I thought about, I was like, to be my first spring break. I was like, that'd be kind of cool. And then I was like, man. But so you were I, like 19, 20 at yeah, this time. Yeah. So I'm thinking I could go down for spring break or I can like get in a full week of powerlifting. <laughs> this literally, the, this was the trade off because I just found this new gym who, and this guy apparently like he trained so many NHL guys. Like he was apparently had like a formula to turn you into like super strong dude lifting wise. So I was like, I was like, that's cool. And then I was like, I was like, you know what? The right thing to do is go to powerlifting. So I went, <laughs> I stayed where I was and I stayed the whole spring break there. And I just got him. His name was Dyke. His like, name was Dyke? Dyke. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's this little <laughs> dude who's just super smart when it came to numbers. And the, his thing was every time you went to work out at his gym, you never lifted the same amount. Hmm. You're always going up. Hmm. So like he would give you increments of like 0.0001. And he'd put that on a bar <laughs> so that you don't plateau. He was always emphasizing like growth. So he'd have like preset programs in place. I love working out there doing, that was my first like introduction into like all the strongman lifts, mm. Atlas stones, like big tire flips, like Would crazy. you say you're quite like data driven with your training or was this like the first uh. time that you were like, ooh, numbers? Well, because <laughs> when I transitioned into football, mm. I was, I thought the benchmarks were all the combine numbers. So it's like how many reps can you do of 225 mm. how fast can you run 40 mm. um how how uh how big you squat how big you deadlift all those lifts i thought were so important mm. so when i went to him that's kind of why i went to him so that i could improve all my numbers so that when the scouts or whatever would look they say this guy has great numbers so let's see how he plays because that's already just making sure everything works and then plus i'm trying to gain weight i'm trying to get stronger so i'm I mean, I'm competing against 300-pound guys. Like, I have to be strong. Oh, They're shit. They're just huge human beings. Yeah, that's so, massive. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, Imagine oh. that running towards you. Gee I, There were times when you engage these. They're like six foot six, six foot seven. Uh. You engage their body, and you literally, your hands go into them. <laughs> because they are so big you're just oh like i don't know what's going on but like <laughs> but yeah this is apparently what happens with guys this big and, and and so i just had to get stronger just get better and and that i saw that as an opportunity and 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 i'm glad i did because those guys went they went party had a good time but i just continued on that path and then that season because i came in january that season didn't start until september so i had like a full semester to get like literally 4.0 like mm. I and the classes were a lot easier mm. especially I don't know going from Canada to the states not talking shit on American education but it's a little bit easier in the states like, <laughs> everything is multiple choice like you have a chance everything's least. multiple choice a lot I oh, mean that, I mean at, le at least when when I was there I don't know how it is now but <laughs> when they do the short answer stuff I understand you can't really escape mm. with with the bullshit but like in terms of a lot of the the the, the, the general classes like the hundreds like the, the you know the basic entry level classes were like multiple choice Sweet. like you could just show up without even i went because they did attendance as part of your grading but 
you could just show up and and probably anyone in this room right now could get get a pass like that's literally your, you, you can you can guesstimate yeah so i did a lot of that actually <laughs> but um but that year that that specific semester and and you know who and you know who i met that semester barack obama shut up he came to our school yeah and he donated like i think two million dollars to the school Way. and then he ended up that year giving like anyone in the 4.0 he gave us like 2500 bucks like just for that if you're an athlete and i'm you get smart a, <laughs> I was like i got good grades yeah from like zoology and like <laughs> intro to like accounting and like super basic classes but whatever i'm a you football did zoology player. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, sweet. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we like dissected it. Yeah, it was it was fun. I like that. I, I like. I think that would be one of the classes that I'd pick if yeah. I was to further study. Yeah. I just want to learn yeah. about animals. It's, it please. was it was super fun. Yeah, no, I imagine it to be. I like animals. Yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> off of that. Um. So yeah, going to that school, playing football. All the goal was was to create a highlight film. Um. And that highlight film, I, I literally it was a, a CD, and I sent a hundred of them to a hundred different schools all over the country. Um, and I also put it on YouTube and stuff. And uh, yeah, and then you just wait and you get a bunch of letters. So that season went okay. The season it was a weird season. You um, feel very like, just from the sounds of things and also how I know you as a MMA fighter today, like you're very active in like getting yourself out there and getting yourself stuck in. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I think you only moved back to Hong Kong year before last yeah 2017 what was it last year year before last so 2017 yeah i was like there and back yeah i was like in thailand here yeah and then straight away in with uh just local mm -hmm. promotion and then like calling people out and doing your thing rocking up in a suit like making noise it seems like it's something that you've done your entire life. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, like sending CDs out. I mean, yeah, no. Back then, I just I just needed to see. But back then, that was like the recipe. They yeah. were like, I was like, how do I get into school? Like, how does anyone know who I am? Like, if people are not watching me, like, so basically, those schools are like okay in New York. New York's not a huge state for football. Unfortunately, because there's winter, the mm. states that are the best are the ones that you can play football all year round. Mm. So people can train all year round. So the big schools, the best schools are in like Florida, you know, Alabama, the, you know, hot states, mm. West Coast. So you're like, I'm in New York State. How do I get out there? And there's a lot of people doing the same thing. Mm. So I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, I'm sending out film. Mm. So you, you're like, OK, I'm going to do that. Otherwise, no one's going to notice me. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, what's the point? Might as well just go study history again, you know. Yeah. Like so, <laughs> I send out my DVD. I send out to as many people as I can, and, I, and then I sit back and wait, and just kind of, all right, I'm waiting. What? And, I, and people are like, oh, you need to plan. What are you gonna do next? I'm like, well, I can't tell you because I have to wait to see which school wants me. And if nobody wants me, then we go this way. If this wants me, I go that way. So mm. I was just there chilling. And I wasn't stressed. I was like, I'm just gonna keep getting better, getting like kept lifting, just getting stronger and faster, just trying to just get better at the sport, mm. study. Um, and continue to get good grades because I thought that was like the biggest thing. Because mm -hmm. um, let's go back. So the guys on my team, like some of the most phenomenal athletes I've ever seen, like freak athletes. Mm -hmm. Like like we're talking like could backflip over this counter and land it, and then front flip over it right after, like just because they can. Like and it's, then just break it in half. If they, I mean, they weren't like <laughs> that, but like it's just like phenomenal feats of athleticism that I never saw. Yeah, I could jump high, run fast. But unfortunately for them, they were not able to, uh, you know, get the education that they that, that that was needed. So some of them were illiterate. 
Mm. Some of them, you know, came from families, parents don't care about them. And their only thing they really know is football. Mm. So they come up to these schools, like hoping, cause they were at, like at five star programs, like NC state, like big schools. And then they got, they, they failed classes cause mm. no one looked after them. And then they're like, sorry, you're not eligible. You, you lose your scholarship. And then they're like, Oh, what, well, what do I do? And they're like, Oh, you gotta go to Juco junior college and then try to get back in the system. So Ugh. like, yeah, so it's like, it's, just can, it's this potential deficit just keeps yeah. circulating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there are so Ugh. many good athletes, like yeah. so many crazy, but some of them can, like I said, can't read, can't do stuff like that. And but even basic stuff, like, like you said, reading is, is, you know, if you can't read, you can't do anything. So mm. they're already at a disadvantage and, but some of them are just monsters. Like some of them are literally NFL ready, like mm. at that point, but, uh, they just don't get that break. Some guys didn't have money. Some guys, you know, does everyone got a story, right? So. Mm. When you're out there, it's not a team environment. Everyone's trying to get a scholarship. So everyone kind of like looks over their shoulder like, oh, we don't like each other. Like, oh, he, you know, he's in my position. Like he's going to get a scholarship or something like that. So like, everyone was cool with me. I was cool with everyone. Everyone liked me. Like it was not, not an issue. Didn't nothing. have to like didn't beat to, anyone up. No, it was no, bigger no. than you. I, everyone was cool. <laughs> no, I actually didn't get in any fights out there. Everyone was super respectful. And I, I, I actually, I had such a good time with everybody there. Uh, can only say good things and then um but it was still like i could see like there was a little bit of spite amongst people there's a lot of people um but yeah i got offers from different schools i got school offers from schools in florida i got offers from school in new jersey i got offers from schools in new york uh, i got offers from school in south dakota i got offers from schools in the most random places and i thought it was so cool and i went and visited the schools they give you like all expense paid trips you go you visit wow. you experience a football game they take you out to party yeah you experience the whole thing and um yeah it was super cool and then they're all telling you yeah you want to come to this school yeah you want to come to this school da, 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 da. so i was like yeah yeah, i want to go to florida uh, florida state at the time were interested in me and mm -hmm. and i was like that's the best place at the time mm -hmm. in terms of like the weather and like just everything so I, I moved down i had a roommate at the time and we literally lived together he lived in jacksonville florida he was being offered to a school in arkansas so he's like yo let's move down to jacksonville mm -hmm. and then we'll live together and we'll just train like all day and do school online i was like that sounds awesome i was mm -hmm. like why are we going to stay in the winter in new york we can go train in the sun in florida i was like let's do it so this guy is hilarious his name's andrew cannon but his nickname was boom 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 he's a white dude <laughs> from florida but he acted like he was literally from the hood. <laughs> like he was the funniest kid ever, is the funniest kid ever. Um, so I, I didn't know what to expect when I moved down with him. And when I moved down, I expected maybe like a trailer park or like, you know, maybe like a small apartment, something like that. Just by the way he dresses, just by the way he was, I lived with him. So mm. like just the way he lived, like I was like, <laughs> kind of like shit, it's gonna be a bit different. But I was like, I was down because he worked hard and I liked training with him. Mm. And then, we were, I rock up to his place and there's like these huge gates to this country club. And I'm like, what the hell? We get in there <laughs> and he's in this massive house, like the nicest family, like Christian family, old Navy oh, family. Right. And I'm like, I was like, who is your son? And I was like, what is, <laughs> what is this? You know? And like, it was a bit of an inside joke. Cause they're like, I don't know what happened to him. They're like, they're, they're even like, yeah, but, uh, it we was, sent it him was, away and he came yeah. back like this. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, it was, it was really good time. And like, you know, their parents are like military parents. So they're very strict and, uh, they kept us on point and wake us up at the right time, make sure we we're doing our schoolwork, make sure we were training, make sure we were eating. Mm -hmm. um, so all of that was going well. And then in that process, I was sending all my transcripts, all my paperwork to, to Florida because they needed my credits. So we're talking Hong Kong. Mm. We're talking Australia. We're talking Canada. Mm. We're talking New York. So all of that has to get 
to Florida. So imagine like calling my high school in Australia and asking them for my transcripts, how like quick and proactive they were to get yeah. that done. I've tried yeah. to get like things from my previous schools and it's been like, okay, just gonna check my inbox again. Yeah, nothing. No, yeah. You feel like you're living in like the twenties and like yeah. your, your email might take 40 days to get there. For some and then reason. if it maybe, if it comes back, it's like, please fill in this form. And you're like, no, yeah, it's another month. You need to ask like the police if it's okay. Like you're like, yeah. why? Like, so yeah, it was like a whole drama show with that. And um, a big drama show. Show. big drama show and uh and eventually i got everything into them and then they had and then it was just all oh, they had issues with my canadian transcript saying that the transfers wouldn't the, the credits wouldn't transfer this that and the other so you're just kind of like i'm literally i'll give you an example i took a class called early chinese civilization sorry that was their class early chinese civilization i took history of china at school in montreal that's pretty cool yeah and the credits were almost virtually identical in terms of the description for the classes. And they're like, sorry, we can't take this. It doesn't match our criteria. I'm like, but it's the same. Yeah. And they're like, no. So basically what happened was I was under eligibility because they wouldn't transfer. Like, I think it was four classes. So I was like 12 credits under the eligibility to transfer as a junior. So they were like, look, you are not eligible. We can't offer you a scholarship. Mm. So I was like, wait, what? So then I was like, this, this was big, big drama show. Yeah. yeah so I was like, so I was like, so they're like, yeah, if you pay 40 grand US in the fall, we'll give you a scholarship after that. And I'm like, well, but then why the hell are you going to pay? Like, yeah. So I'm like, I was like, if I just I bought like, it from you. <laughs> yeah, no, so I'm like, all right, well, that's not happening. So what are my options? They're like, oh, well, you can come back in the spring if you want to sit out in the fall. And I was like, that's a waste of time. Like I've been working, training, like I want to play this fall. So then, yeah, I was like, big drama like I was just really upset because I'd worked so hard for this and then by that time all the other school schools had given off their scholarships so I was like oh can I get that scholarship and they're like nah it's too late we already gave it Fuck. so it's like you had a signing date you signed and then I didn't get all my paperwork in until maybe three months after so by that time all scholarships were gone everything is already sealed and dealed so I was like man what the hell do I do so I'm a New York State resident I applied to the University of Buffalo they were the best football program packed my bag and then you still hadn't done any MMA yet. No, I all I'd done. So in Jacksonville, when I moved to Jacksonville, mm. um, I'd like I, I started to see more and more UFC. Mm. I was like, yeah, that's interesting. And, and I saw the grappling aspect. I thought, oh, that's cool. And I, I started to see things on YouTube. So I started training with my friends, but nobody had experience. We were just mm. a bunch of football players just like trying wrestling. to choke each other. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> But I was like, I was picking out things quicker and like, I thought it was fun. Like I enjoyed it. I just thought it was fun. Like I wasn't I think like, as well, like uh, your, your history of going between different sports, I, I imagine would make it really easy for you to pick certain things out. Yeah, yeah. I've always, I remember the best example. I was like maybe 10, 11. And I saw you, do you remember and one, like the basketball stuff, like street ball? They do like trick basketball. They do like all the fancy like dribbling and like trick people. Okay. And yeah. So like as a kid, I watched that. I liked basketball. And I remember when YouTube was like the f first invented. Right. And I remember watching these videos and I could watch them for hours and be like, that's amazing. And then I'd try to do what I saw. And then I'd be like, oh, I can kind of do it. Yeah. I would never film myself doing it, but I was like, oh, this kind of works. And then like I would watch it more and then I'd be thinking about it. And yeah. I was like doing it. And then I was like, OK, well, that's how you learn shit yeah. it's like you, <laughs> you watch it, it you imagine it and you do it you know and th that physical process so i was like oh it makes sense and then like i've always 
been like pick I pick things up like it's just like I said like you show me something I, I think I can do it I think as like an athlete very you're quite a physical person I think Definitely. when it comes to like you know telling your body to do the things for sure I'm pretty sure you've got that ability down for sure yeah yeah that's something that I think body awareness yeah. uh is, proprioception that was something that my dad put it put in at a young age and that was through like diving and gymnastics mm. and uh s like swimming mm. those kind of sports just so you're like physically you know aware of your body and balance those are really good i think for anyone at a young age even if they need to be athletes or not it's just good to have those fundamentals mm. and i think my dad not that he purposely was like i'm turning him into an athlete but i think just because he had that experience as a kid or was brought up through it he gave me like those obstacles or like mm -hmm. playing with those kind of little games as a kid balancing and stuff that you don't even think you're doing sport but yeah. next thing you know oh it's my i can balance on my right leg already you know yeah. balance on my left so that's really cool that you, you've yeah. yeah it's just really cool to be like raised in that way yeah. um it and helps. now you are afc is it welterweight you're welterweight? middleweight middleweight yeah. afc which is the it's a korean fight promotion yeah and you are their middleweight yeah champion i am yes congrats thank you yes yeah, how was like I mean, we are actually at the end of the hour. Okay. Yeah, but... Talking so much, I didn't even know we started on it. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yes. Yeah. We started? Like, yeah, but um, I mean, I think the next time that we have you on, we're going to talk a lot about like your fight prep and things like this. But mm -hmm. as a middleweight champion, what is that like? Because you're definitely going to have people like on your case, yeah, like uh, calling you out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've already got my next fight lined up against uh, Jay Young Kim. He's the number one middleweight contender in Korea. So um, he's actually fighting on the 9th of November. I'm a bit jealous. Um, Where? But he's fighting in Korea. Okay. Uh, and uh, he's fighting for AFC. This will be his first fight in AFC. Um, and then if he wins, uh, then he will be next in line to fight me for the t for the title. But uh, honestly, it's been cool. Like I, I, I'm super happy that I won that, especially like considering the preparation for that fight was not ideal. Because um, you just started working at hybrid. at hybrid, yeah. yeah. Hybrid hybrid's been very good, and it's also been it's been difficult to get in the preparation that I need to be for fights. As I'm sure anyone in Hong Kong can relate, they all mm. work and they also fight so it's not easy especially when you don't have certain bodies or certain guys that you need to work with so working with lighter guys um against the guy that's quite big i was fighting a guy who was like six foot five and Oof. at a bigger weight class i'm actually a 77 kilo guy but the opportunity came and i was like i'm gonna take it like it's for a title at 84 let's do it so um i got in my strength and conditioning and that was a big part of how i was able to control and win the fight but I didn't do any grappling for this fight, zero, <laughs> almost zero. And then went in and was just focused on striking. I want to knock this guy out. So I was really focused. And then next thing you know, we were doing five rounds of me just wrestling and grappling. So it was, it was weird that my, I was like an automatic shift. Mm. Um, but I, I felt like I dominated the fight and I was very confident because I went five, five minute rounds, which I'd never done before. And was like even sitting in the back, like, and the Koreans yeah. are, they're tough, yeah. tough guys, tough wrestlers, tough strikers. <sighs> Yeah, they're so tough. All-rounded tough dudes. Yeah, that, the, that's the best thing is like, in my opinion, I think the toughest guys are the Koreans or the Japanese. And you've uh, knocked one out and now wrestled one for five rounds. Uh, well, it was a TKO. 
Be, was it TKO? Which one? Oh no no I oh, know yeah just. two two unanimous decisions and one knockout. Yeah, yeah the knockout. Yeah, yeah it was a knockout. But yeah, I just think when you fight, because when you get to the bigger show, or at least you're trying to get to the bigger show, they look at who you're fighting against. Mm-hmm. And like, no disrespect to any country, there's great fighters everywhere. But like, come on, like Korea and Japan are just known for producing tough fighters. And like, look, you just brought it up. So yeah, <laughs> I, when I had the opportunity presented to me, I was like, yes, please, because like that's how you get to where you need to go is fighting yeah. tough fighters. And that's all I want to do is fight tough fighters so that's yeah it's exciting i'm really excited to see sort of where you go now that you are sort of champ um let us know i mean tell people where they can find you follow you um uh, and then when your next fight is that we can have you on for sure um so i have facebook instagram and twitter it's all sasha platnikoff uh mma uh, it should be easy to find. I'm a pretty unique name. Um, yeah, so follow me on there. Check, especially Instagram. I think I'm the most active on Instagram. Um, so check stuff up. I'm moving out to Vegas this Sunday. Um, You're moving to States? Yes. Oh. I'm setting up camp out in Vegas. Um, so, yeah, I'll be back and forth between here and Hong Kong. But well, my training now is going to be in Vegas. And, uh, yeah, I'll be defending my belt early 2020 it could be the first of january but we're still waiting to see i need to you know talk with them but yeah it's going to be a very tough fight against a very tough opponent it'll be my toughest opponent he's 23 wins 20 and 13 losses wow exciting yeah it's going to be a really tough fight but i feel like coming out with the win is going to be big and uh yeah it's about time to defend this belt so i'm excited tune in and follow me on social media for more information on the fight and what's going on in vegas and stuff like that yeah, done. Awesome. We will. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching another episode of the Flow Space Podcast or listening to another episode of the Flow Space Podcast. And thank you once again to To Be Frank, which is this lovely establishment that we are in. Uh, it is not operating at the moment because we're filming in it, but when it is operating, they feed you with like really cool jaffles and awesome alcohols. So come and visit them, drink and eat here, and uh, see you guys again on the next episode. Thank you.